Hello everyone, this is Deborah Richardson and today I am putting the AP in Happy where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. This podcast will give a voice to accounts payable team members by talking about the growing reality of cyber attacks in their world and which vendor setup and vendor management techniques they can apply to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Today's podcast episode is brought to you by the five-day vendor master file cleanup. Do you trust the data in your vendor master file? Well, if you have less than 5,000 active vendor records and need to prepare for a vendor self-registration portal or for 1099 and 1042 IRS annual forms distribution, you are in luck. We have vendor validations, including watch list screening, duplicate vendor review, vendor inactivation recommendations, and more. Go to DebraRRichardson.com, that's D-E-B-R-A-R-R-I-C-H-A-R-D-S-O-N.com slash consulting, or email me at Debra, D-E-B-R-A, at Debra rrichardson.com for a quote today. We have all been there. It is that time of year or not, depending on when you're listening to the podcast, and it's still relevant whenever you're listening to it. But right now when it's published, uh, it will be the week after Thanksgiving, which is crunch time for getting all those invoices processed before year end. So I thought it would be a great time to talk about three of the most frequently asked questions to AP Vendor Maintenance from vendors and internal employees when they do not want to submit a W-9 to set up that vendor so they can get paid. Let's see if you agree with my list. Keep listening. Welcome to episode 58, responses to the three most frequent reasons given to not submit a W-9 during year end. And if you would like some help collecting, tracking, and determining 1099 responsibility for those W-9s, make sure you listen to the end where I will have a discount code for you to get some help with that. So like I said, it is that time of year, depending on when you're listening to the podcast. And just to be clear, these uh, responses are good any time of the year because you'll get these same questions throughout the year. It's just that you'll see it more often during crunch time or year end. So invoices have been sitting on desk all year and magically accounts payable gets them right in the nick of time to process them in the rush of year end. So I do have a blog post and a podcast titled Urgent Vendor Setup, Here's How to Protect Your Vendor Master File, that talks all about how to handle validations and set up when you're rushed. And I thought it would be equally relevant to arm you with some responses to three of the most frequently asked vendor setup questions from vendors or internal employees as well. 
So we are going to start with four things or bullets that apply to all questions. So of the three most frequent reasons, um, there are four bullet points that apply to all. So the first one is that collecting the W-9 confirms the correct legal name of the payee for payment. And that is because you are um, asking the vendor to identify their legal name and then also their DBA name if there is a DBA. And you know, if you're collecting that information from internal team members, they may only know the vendor by their DBA name. So asking for the W-9 forces the vendor to complete that legal name or give you the W-9 that has the legal name and or the DBA name on it. So that's the first one. The second one is that it allows the correct validation of the legal name with OFAC, SAM, or other exclusion or watch list. So we know, but the internal team member or the vendor may not know that we still have to validate that legal name against watch lists or exclusion lists. And having the W-9 gives us a valid supporting documentation to do that due diligence. Now the third is it allows the correct validation of the address. And that's especially if it's being paid by check. So I know that sometimes the address that's on the W-9 is a uh, tax address, but it also could be the remit address. And, and if it's not the remit address, now you know that you need to collect both a that W-9 for the tax address and then also an invoice for the remit address. So you found out something new by asking for the W-9. So you do wanna validate that address, whether it's on the W-9 or whether it's on the remit address, especially if you're paying by check. And then the fourth one that applies to all questions or reasons is the vendor may be a reportable entity that is not based on dollar amount. Now I will um, refer you to the IRS because I'm not a tax professional, but I do know that certain types of vendors such as medical or law firms require a 1099 be sent um, regardless of the threshold. So I will refer you to your tax professional or irs.gov for more information on that, but there are vendors that do require a 1099 and the related tax filing to the IRS, regardless of the threshold or their uh, company structure. Okay, so now we're going to get into the bullets for three of the most frequent reasons or questions that uh, come to AP vendor maintenance when the internal or vendor does not want to submit a W-9. So the first one is, why do I need a W-9? We're only paying them $500. And what I find funny about this is that all vendors and internal employees know about the IRS's $600 threshold for sending a 1099 to a reportable vendor and then filing with the IRS. Now, if remaining compliant with the IRS by collecting the W-9 and keeping them on file for reportable vendors were the only reason, okay, I could see that. 
but it's not. You need to remind the vendor or the internal employee that the W-9 serves an additional purpose. And that is, it allows the legal name and tax ID in case the payee is paid more than the threshold and a 1099 does need to be sent and the IRS filing will then be required. And I've seen this happen before where one invoice is submitted and it is expected to be less than, you know, $600 for the year. However, the vendor then submits an additional invoice, maybe it's services and there's additional services that were required that leads to an additional invoice being submitted and then poof, you're over the $600 threshold with no W-9. And in the case of an additional invoice being submitted, vendor maintenance would never see that. So there's not a time where there will be a flag before the invoice is submitted to say, you need to collect the W-9 because there's an invoice being submitted that puts the vendor over the threshold. That doesn't happen. So better to collect the W-9 at the time the vendor is set up. So just remind your internal employee or your vendor of that fact. Okay, the second of the three most frequent reasons or questions given to not submit a W-9 during year end is the vendor is a corporation. Now, in addition to the $600 threshold, vendors and internal employees also know about the quote-unquote corporation exemption for 1099 distribution and filing. But I say, have you ever heard of companies going private? Many companies change their company structure throughout the year to avoid regulatory requirements such as Sarbanes-Oxley, uh, Sarbanes sorry about that, or SOX. So remind the vendor or the internal employee that quote unquote corporations can change their structure which means the collection of the W-9 allows the verification of the legal name and tax ID in case the vendor changes their tax classification or company structure to one that is reportable. So that collection of the W-9 will provide proof of due diligence at the time of original vendor setup. So if you set that vendor up originally as a corporation and then they change to a LLC that is a partnership which is reportable you have proof that at the time of vendor setup that vendor was a corporation all right the third and final most frequent reasons or questions given to not submit a W-9 during year-end is this is a one-time payment so one thing to point out is that vendors that are expected to have a one-time payment or only one payment, they're not inherently exempt from the required validations. In addition, if for some reason the payment exceeds $600, a 1099 still must be sent and the related tax filing must be done. Now, I don't know what accounting system or ERP you are working with, but I will tell you that I've worked with several in the past, PeopleSoft, SAP, Intech, NetSuite, um, QuickBooks, um, Great Plains, quite a few of them, and not all of them have that little setting or functionality that will 
automatically inactivate vendors that are identified or categorized as a one-time vendor which means unless the vendor maintenance team goes in and uh, manually inactivates that vendor that vendor is still open to have additional um, invoices processed against it which means it's technically not a one-time payment to that vendor so collection of the w-9 allows the verification of the legal name and tax id in case the one-time payment exceeds six hundred dollars or if additional payments push the vendor over the over the threshold once the total payments are over the threshold right a 1099 must be sent and the related tax filing must be completed so those are the three most frequent questions or reasons given to accounts payable vendor maintenance when the vendors or internals do not want to submit a w-9 so how did i do did i miss any well, one thing I do want to point out is, you know, hopefully these responses will be of value and will serve as a draft or an example when creating your own responses that are in compliance with your processes, your company, your industry. Definitely get it approved by leadership. And if you actually want to see um, the bullet points, uh, you can go to my website. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. But it is Deborah, D-E-B-R-A, the letter R, and then Richardson.com. And you can take a look at the blog post. It'll have the um, both the um, podcast and the blog. So you can just copy and paste and use that as your starting point. And the other thing is I wanted to point out a resource that will help. Um, so if you've ever thought of automating your W-9 collection process, W-9 Manager enables the vendor to generate a valid and complete W-9, and then they work with you to manage and track your vendor's W-9, as well as manage the uh, W-9 forms centrally, and then it helps you determine your 1099 responsibility as well. And for listeners, I do have a discount code of HAPPY19, H-A-P-P-Y 19, and you can save 10%. So go to w9manager.com, or I will also put a link to it in the show notes. And again, if you head over to my site, you can click on the blog and you can get not only the bullet points, but also links to resources mentioned in the podcast, including W9 Manager. So thanks everyone. I hope you enjoyed the 58th episode of the Putting the AP in Happy podcast, where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Don't forget to check the show notes for the links mentioned in the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing and writing a review of my podcast on the platform that you use to listen. Stay happy. Mm -hmm.